Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 11. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. If you've been with us since verse 1, you know that Jesus has performed six miracles to prove that he is the Son of God. He changed the water to wine. He healed the nobleman's son. He healed the lame man at the pool of Bethesda. He walked on water. He fed 5,000. He gave sight to the blind man in chapter 9, remember? And then in chapter 11, are y'all listening? In chapter 11... Here we are just days before the cross. And if you want to write down something in your margins, write that down in chapter 11. We are just days before the cross. And Jesus does his seventh and greatest and final miracle in a climactic blaze of power as Jesus raises the dead. Now listen, Jesus raises the dead not just for Mary and Martha and not just for Lazarus' sake, but also for the disciples. Because in just a few short days, they're going to see Jesus hanging on the cross and they're going to need to have the hope that Jesus has the power to raise the dead. So this is very, very important. Verse 1 of chapter 11, the story opens in the town of where? Bethany, very good, which is a little village on the Mount of Olives. And If you travel with us to Israel, we'll stand on the Mount of Olives and we'll see this little village of the town of Bethany from the Mount of Olives. Well, if you've been with us, you were here last week. The story begins with a dead deathbed situation as Mary and Martha and Lazarus are friends with Jesus and Lazarus, the brother, got sick. And the sisters sent word to Jesus about his condition. Remember, I want you to look at verse six. When Jesus heard that his buddy was sick, the Bible tells us he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Look at verse seven. And then he said to his disciples, let us go up. Now, listen, last week, if you were with us, let me have your attention. Look at me, please. Last week, if you were with us, um, I want to share something with you that I didn't have time to develop last week. We know that John told us the reason Jesus did not heal Lazarus when he, or come to Lazarus when he heard that he was sick was because of verse five, look at verse five, because Jesus loved Mary and Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Okay, let me get this right. Jesus stayed where he was and he allowed Lazarus to die because he loved them. Did you get it? 
the explanation that Jesus gave for letting Lazarus die was love. Look at verse 4. Jesus said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified. In other words, it was more loving, saints, listen to me close. It was more loving to put Lazarus to death. It was more loving to allow his sisters to go through grief. It was more loving to allow his family to walk through the valley of the shadow of death if that would reveal more of the glory of God to them. So we learned it that from this text that Jesus loves us by showing us himself and by allowing us to see the glory of God. Now, the reason I bring this up because this is a fundamental truth and main purpose of John's gospel, and it's a fundamental truth of the Bible. John chapter 1, I have it for you on the screen, verse 14 and verse 16. And the word Jesus became flesh or became human and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and what saints? Truth. In verse 16, and of his fullness we have all received, somebody read it with me, grace for grace. So here's the pattern. Jesus reveals his divine glory. Glory as of the only Son of God. We behold it, and from its fullness we received grace. So the whole gospel is built around the revelation of the glory of God in Jesus. And what we saw last week, if you were with us last week, you, we saw the emphasis on how Jesus loves us. Jesus loves us not by sparing us from suffering trials and tribulations contrary to popular TV and preaching. I'm going to say that again because I like it. Jesus does not love us, and it's not a display of his love because he spares us from suffering trials and tribulations. Jesus loves us by showing us and giving us himself. By giving us him. We can't measure the love of God by how much health and wealth and comfort we have in this life. If you measure God's love by your comfort, health, wealth, and no trials, then God hated Paul because Paul's ministry was full of trials. Somebody say amen. Paul's ministry was full of tribulations, full of suffering, full of haters. God loves us and shows us he loves us by allowing us to see his glory by giving us himself. So when he heard, he, Jesus, heard that his friend was sick, he stayed two days longer that the glory of God might shine ultimately brighter. And think about it like this. If Jesus had gone to Bethany when Martha first called, Jesus probably would have done a healing rather than a resurrection. I told you last week that God is always doing far more than we can imagine. I'll say amen better amen than that. Matter of fact, clap your hands and say amen. You should be happy about that. God's always doing far more than you can imagine. God says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a future. Somebody, 
help me, and uh, hope. So God is always doing more than we can imagine. Jesus stayed two extra days and allowed Lazarus to die to set the stage and prepare the hearts for an even greater miracle. Were you with me last week? I told you John chapter 11 divides into how many sections? Okay, y'all, I'm giving you the answer. What more can I do? John 11 divides into how many sections? Four. I told you last week, first of all, the preparation of the miracle. And we looked at that last week in verses 1 through 16. And then number two, the arrival. This is how the, how the, how the chapter divides out. The arrival of Jesus in verses 17 through 37. And then thirdly, the miracle itself in verse 38 through 44. And then fourthly, the result of the miracle in verses 45 through 57. The preparation of the miracle, this is what we find in chapter 11. The preparation of the miracle, the arrival of Jesus, the miracle itself, and the result of the miracle. And last week, if you were with us, you know we looked at the preparation of the miracle, yes? And today we'll look at the arrival of Jesus. I've titled this sermon, The Resurrection and the Life. John chapter 11, saints, picking up in verse 17. If you're looking at verse 17, I need you to say a hearty amen. Now, when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for how many days? Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem about how many miles away? And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now, Martha, in verse 20, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went and she met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, yeah, 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 I know, I know about the resurrection, and he's going to rise again at the resurrection in the last day. And Jesus said to her, well, somebody read it with me. I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Come on, read. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Mashiach, the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Saints, stop right there. Why don't you go back up to verse 17 and look at four words. So when Jesus came. So when Jesus came. You know what? Those four words tell us a lot about Jesus right out the gate. Already. So when Jesus came, do you realize he didn't have to come? He didn't have to come. Matter of fact, they didn't even ask him to come. They sent word that their brother was sick, but they didn't ask him to come. They told him that, 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 that that their brother was sick, that his friend was sick. But Jesus was a busy man. He didn't have to come. Jesus was busy moving through the world on a strategic clock by God. He could have said, you know, I'm sorry, I'm busy. He could have said, listen, Lazarus is a believer anyway, so no biggie. He's going, he's going in the resurrection. He's with the Lord right now. He's with God. Don't worry about it. 
He's fine. He's better off, you know. He's with the Lord, so don't worry about it. What you crying about? The Bible says, Jesus came. Jesus, look at verse 16, and his little band of disciples who loved Jesus at the same time anticipating their death, verse 16, followed Jesus to Bethany. Jesus came. Why? Because he's always concerned about the hurting. Can somebody say amen? He's always concerned about the needy. I think of Mark chapter 5. You know the story, the woman with the issue of blood? And this woman, she had spent all her money on doctors and pills and bills, and she continued to get ill like we do today. Y'all ain't know I was a rapper, did you? Pills and bills. She continued to get ill. Yeah. Y'all ain't know I had like that, did you? I had like that. Y'all ain't know. And she tried everything, you know. And she's, nothing's working. And one day she heard about Jesus probably thinking, here's my chance. She makes her way through the crowd in stealth because she wasn't supposed to be near anybody. She was unclean. Why? Because she was bleeding. Are y'all listening? And she's thinking in her heart, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be made well. I know I'll be made well. And at that moment, she touched Jesus' garment and something happened in her and something happened in Jesus because he said, who touched me? The virtue left my body. And then he turns to the woman and he said, your faith has made you well. Jesus is always concerned. Here's my point. He's always concerned about the hurting uh, for the needy and for people who need him. Well, in verse 17, it tells us that Jesus arrives in Bethany and he discovered Lazarus has been dead for four days. Jesus also discovered, did you pick this up? He also discovered that there was a house full of people to console and comfort Mary and Martha. The Hebrew tradition, listen to this, taught that when a person died, the spirit hovered above the body for three days and it departed to Abraham's bosom on the fourth day. There was also a superstition that said that the soul stayed near the grave for three days, hoping to return to the body. So after four days, listen, that's why Jesus waited Four days, because he wanted to get all that tradition mess out the way. All right, none of that matters. Get that off the table. All right, y'all waiting three days and four days is going to Abraham. Okay, I'm going to wait four days so the body can be decomposed and there will be no hope of resuscitation so that when I raise the dead, you will know it was a miracle from God. Did you get that? Jesus knows what he's doing. He knows what's going on. He knows what he's doing. Well, verse 19 tells us that many, look at verse 19, of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother who was dead. Now, let me just give you a little background about Jewish funerals. First of all, I want you to notice it tells us that many of the Jews, now remember I told you in John's gospel, particularly in, are y'all listening? Particularly in John, if you're listening, say amen. If you're listening, say I'm listening. You don't have to yell. I told you that in John's gospel, the word Jews refers to the Jewish leaders. Yes? 
So there are many prominent leaders in the community at the house when Lazarus died, comforting the sisters. Um, at a Jewish funeral, did you know that um, family would come and move in for a week? Don't that sound scary? Family would come and move in for a week, and they, they, it wasn't a party. They came to comfort. Can you imagine your family moving in for a week? Man, some of y'all already dreading Thanksgiving. <laughs> and it's just a day. Can you imagine a week? They're only going to be there for a few hours a day. Well, at the Jewish funeral, I also learned that burials were always right after the person died. Did you know that? Why? Because in those days, they had no way to preserve the body, so they immediately put the person in the grave. And from that point on, it was a matter of mourning and comforting the dead. If someone died, you could go to the phone book and look up mourners, weepers, and wailers. You could hire mourners in those days. Can you imagine you hire mourners? So you go to the phone book and you look up mourners, weepers, and wailers. You set an appointment, they come by. And they give you a demonstration. So how do you wail? Let me hear you wail. Not good enough, not good enough. I got two more appointments today. They hired mourners and weepers and wailers, and perhaps, you know, you pick one, you get a discount. Maybe they're running special, who knows. The louder you were, the more money you made. They also had a custom to form, listen to this, a procession. And they would form a line and process and march around the, the, the front of the tomb. And while they were processing, they would read verses. Uh, they would eulogize. Like, you know, I remember Lazarus. You know, he's a funny guy. We used to go hang out and play golf. I don't know if they played golf in those days. We'd go around and play golf. We, I had a great time with Lazarus. So they would eulogize in those times. And the procession, listen to this, was always led by women. And the reason is, is because it was the woman who was responsible for people dying in the first place from the disobedience in the garden. See, I told you y'all wouldn't be clapping right now, didn't I? I told you that, right? You heard the saying, God created man and then the rest, but then he created woman and nobody rested. You heard that one? Okay, that's not true. Yes, it is. Anyway, that's what they believe. So it's with this backdrop that Jesus arrives in Bethany and he finds all these people at the house. Y'all getting the scene? He finds all these people at the house weeping and wailing and crying. Look at verse 20. Obviously, someone told Martha that Jesus was coming and she ran out and met Jesus. But Mary sat in the house. Isn't it interesting? In true Martha character, she ran, Mary sat. As a matter of fact, in verse 28, go ahead and fast forward. Mary didn't even know that Jesus was there. And Martha said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, listen, there are a lot of people who say that Martha is rebuking Jesus, and I really don't think so. I think this has been on her mind for four days. She's been thinking it over and over and over. Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? He's dying. If he could just get here, everything's going to be all right. So when he got there, she just kind of blurts it out. Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But listen, she hasn't given up because look at verse 22. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. 
Verse 23, Jesus answered, your brother will rise again. Verse 24, Martha says, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Now, Martha, listen, is busy, but Martha is theologically educated. She has an understanding of the resurrection. Are y'all getting that? She says, I know he will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. And in verse 25 and 26, go ahead and look at it. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Now listen, this conversation between Jesus and Martha was designed to move her from faith in doctrine to faith in him. Don't you understand Jesus? Listen, listen, Jesus always, always, always leads people to the place of coming to know him or leads people to the place of revelation of who he is. Jesus never hits people over the head with the Bible. Say a bit amen in that. He never meets people and, and beats them up with the scriptures. Or whips out the Bible and well, scripture says this and, and the word says that and the word says this. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus drops little crumbs. Remember the woman at the well? Oh, give me a drink of water. Well, you know, if you knew who you were talking to, you would be asking me for a drink and I would give you living water. And she goes, oh, man, you're a prophet. She goes from a man to a prophet to the Messiah to outrunning, telling people, come and see the Christ, the son of the living God. Are y'all with me? And here Jesus is doing it again, moving this woman from faith in doctrine to faith in him. It wasn't designed to be a theological debate about the principles of the resurrection, but to introduce Martha to the fact that Jesus himself is the resurrection, that Jesus not only can heal a disease, but he also has the power to restore life. He can reverse the decay and the decomposing process. You ought to be happy about that. Jesus is saying, Martha, you believe there's a great glorious day of resurrection coming at the end of the age when all believers will be raised bodily from the grave. And you're right. And you thought that day would come with the Messiah. Ding, 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 ding. Right again. Jesus says, I am the arrival of that day. I am the Messiah. Jesus says, let me be specific, Martha. I'm exactly what Lazarus needs, and I'm exactly what you need. He is dead, and you are alive. Whoever believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. That's Lazarus. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. That's you, Martha. I will raise Lazarus back to life, body, soul from the grave, and you will live and believe in me, so you will never die. And I can hear Jesus saying, Martha, do you know what this means? It means I love you. It means I love your brother. It means I will keep you. And he will keep you because he loves you. Who's glad about it? Who's glad about it? Who's glad about it? Jesus says, I am the resurrection. And listen, saints, listen very, very, very close. Jesus isn't saying there is a resurrection. He is saying the resurrection is standing right in front of you. 
Number one, I am the resurrection. If you believe in me, though you were dead, you will live. And number two, I am the life. If you live and believe in me, that's us, you'll never die. He who believes in me shall never die. Remember I told you, were you with me last week? Raise your hand, were you with me last week? Remember I told you never means what? Never, never, ever. No, not never, 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 never. Not ever. In the Greek language, it means not, not. Write it down. Not, not. Never perish. Never die. Believers don't die. Who's listening? Believers don't die. We don't die. Ever. No, not, never, 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 never. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.